Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Austin. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, my name is Austin. I live in uh, Utah. I work as an analyst for a restaurant chain that's uh, mostly here in Utah. And I enjoy being outside pretty much all the time. Uh, if I can be outside, I prefer to be outside. Um, but I'm also a big nerd. <laughs> I, I really love like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, kind of an oddball. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But outside, you like to just go outside to be outside or do you do things outside? So I like to ride my bike. I like to just go on walks, um, go on hikes. Just okay. Is, if I'm outside in the sun, I'm probably going to be much happier than if I'm sitting inside. Okay. Yeah, same. I love that. That's great. I love walks and bike rides, so I'm with you on those. <laughs> good. Well, it's good to get to know you. So you got to take me back and tell me your story. What happened and why you do what you do now? Okay. So in 2019, I was recently married. Um, I got married in June of 2019, and uh, I was in really the best shape of my life. I was super fit. I was doing triathlon. Uh, and I have parts I've participated in sports for my whole life, got into endurance sports, running, biking, that kind of stuff. Um, about now going on what 12 years. Um, and then, uh, in May of 2019, I had completed a half Ironman triathlon. A half Ironman triathlon is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and then a 13.1 mile run all back to back. Ooh. And so I did that in May, then got married in June. And then that's kind of like the base of, of my story. Um, it's, it's important to, to, to know those. And in August of that year, I was just out on a normal training bike ride here in the Salt Lake area. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. I was, I was headed down the mountain. I had, I was just out on a, a training bike, right? Like I said, coming down the mountain and a car was going up the mountain, uh, blinded by the sun that had just come up over the mountain, didn't see me and turned and ended up T-boning me. And when they hit me, I was severely injured. Um, thankfully, like I was wearing a helmet, so I had no brain injury, not even a concussion, but I suffered some other very serious injuries, including collapsing both my lungs, breaking nine ribs, breaking my ankle, breaking my pelvis, uh, got lots of road rash, broke my back and also severed my spinal cord. And when it severed my spinal cord, that means I'm paralyzed. And so I'm permanently paralyzed now from just below the ribs down. And so we're going on three years of that. Um, so going from being really, really active and 
best shape of my life doing this half Ironman and getting married and being a newlywed to two months later being paralyzed in an, in an accident. It, it's not a fun time. <laughs> no. Life is very different, but life goes forward, right? You know, I spent 50 days in the hospital and I felt like I was a baby because not only do my legs not work, but other things don't work either. Right. So I had to relearn how to sit. I had to re relearn my balance. I obviously still can't walk. I'm in a wheelchair in order to, to get around. I had to relearn how to roll over. I had to figure out how I'm going to get dressed now because I can't stand up as I'm getting dressed. I had to relearn how to go to the bathroom. Uh, and then coming home, whole different experience. How am I going to cook dinner? How am I going to do laundry? How am I going to get from the bed into the wheelchair, from the wheelchair into the shower? And, you know, all those different things that come with living in society, right? Um, and all of this again as a newlywed. <laughs> so, so it, it was it was a, a very chaotic first couple months. You know, I've dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety since then. Never dealt with depression before that, um, but the the injuries are are causing some some depression. And you know, this time of year is especially difficult because of my active lifestyle. It's hard for me to, you know, be outside now in the summer seeing someone ride their bike or seeing someone go on a run or seeing pictures of my friends going backpacking. All these things just bring back memories of, oh, I wish I could do that. Um, and so, so this time of year is especially difficult just because of, of those types of things that, that I remember I used to do with so much ease and now are so much more difficult and require so much more planning and effort and energy. And so life is just crazy now. <laughs> Completely different as you knew it. And you mentioned being a newlywed. How did your wife handle all of this? She was in shock. Yes. Um, she found out that I was paralyzed not long after they did all the scans in the hospital. Her initial thought when I got hit was, he's dead. And then after she found out I was alive and I was breathing, she's like, okay, maybe he just broke his leg. And it was kind of in the middle of those. <laughs> Closer to the dead side than the broken leg side. Um, I probably should have died in the gutter uh, on the side of the road there. I was conscious through the whole thing and remember it all. It was probably 30 or 40 minutes between the time that I was hit and the time the paramedics put me to sleep. So I was conscious trying to breathe with nine broken ribs and two collapsed lungs for on my own for a long period of time. It felt like went to the hospital. My wife was obviously distraught and in shock and trying to figure out, okay, now what? And all this time I'm asleep, unconscious, can't, communicate with her very well um so it was really tough on her but she's a trooper she's she's really really strong and i'm very grateful for her and, and that she's you know stayed with me through all of this because i wouldn't be wouldn't be where i am today without her 
I mean, one of the things that that we wanted as soon as we got married, we knew we wanted to have kids pretty quick. And so, you know, we were trying to have kids basically from the get go. And then this happens and that kind of sidelines that until I can get better. Uh, but then due to my injuries, we ended up having to go through fertility treatments. We had to do IVF. So my wife had to take all these shots and hormones and all that. And it took four miscarriages and about a, a year and a half from start until we had a successful pregnancy. So so all of that happened within the last three years, my injury, four miscarriages, all the IVF, and then we had a successful pregnancy and we now have a, a healthy baby boy, which is really exciting for us. We're super happy that he's here. It's just been a crazy journey these, these last few years. And, and we've all been dealing with COVID. So you throw that into the mix of this. The thing that I always think about is this this is all, I'm a religious person. And so for me, I see this as part of God's plan for me. I don't see this as a punishment for anything I've done. I don't see this as a punishment for anything that my family has done or anything like that. It's simply, a. we all have trials in life that we're going to go through and hard is hard. It doesn't matter whether it's paralysis like me or whether it's the college student that's just trying to pass the class and get that degree, or whether it's growing up in, in the ghettos and trying to escape that and have a better and uh, a better life than living in the ghettos. It doesn't matter what it is. Hard is hard. And it really only matters what we do with that hard that we've got, right? How are we going to react to it? What are we going to learn from it? And how are we going to use that to affect the lives of those who we come in contact with, right? How are we going to make the people that we work with happier because of what we've been through? How are we going to make our friends and families' lives better? How are we going to grow and learn and be a better person because of what we've been through? And for me, it's going from complete independence and complete health to really being uh, humbled into recognizing that, hey, you're not all that. <laughs> and you, you need to learn to rely on people, right? And so it's been really a, a big adjustment for me to take all of the independence that I had and say, that was a fun and great time. It was a great experience for me. But now that time is is done, and I have to learn now to rely on other people for different things. Uh, for example, it, being in a wheelchair, it's very difficult to mow your lawn, right? And so what do I do? I contact my neighbor and say, hey, I would really appreciate it if you would mow my lawn for me because I'm just unable to do that. And they're happy to do it, thankfully. Uh, or calling my brother and saying, hey, I need some help building a ramp to get from the front door down to the porch. And he'll come over and help me build it. 
And so all of these little things that I would normally do on my own or not even need, I now need help with and have to ask someone to, to do. Uh, not everything. Obviously, I can still do some things on my own. But a lot of the home projects, I need a lot of help with. I'm not not able to to get up into the attic and do stuff. Uh, so it, it's a lot of humility and it takes a lot of, no one likes to ask for help. And so I, I like to think that it takes a lot of courage to ask for help. Yeah. And I'm learning that. Mm-hmm. I'm learning that it's okay to ask for help in any aspect of life, whether it's a physical task, whether it's getting through a mental illness. Oh, like I said, I deal with depression now. And so now if I'm having a bad day, I can rely on my wife to help me through that. Uh, I can rely on friends and family to pick up things that I'm unable to do. And so it's really nice to see that. And it's been really good for my family to, we've always been pretty close, but this has helped us come closer. Really? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you hear, you hear and you wonder, you know, how, how things affect people, you know, you, you can't even imagine for yourself, like, what would I do if this happened to me? And I can't even imagine and, you know, people like that and with the family members and, and their, their future and their ideas and things that they looked forward for you. And and they're grieving and they have loss as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you think would have been or what was some advice or something that maybe helped you guys be able to get through all of that together. Again, being religious, our faith played a huge role in getting us from there to where we are today and will play a huge role in getting us from where we are today to wherever we need to be tomorrow. So when I think of, of things like that, it really is keeping that perspective of, I'm not in charge and that's okay, but God is in charge and he knows what I need and he's going to help me accomplish the things that I need to accomplish in order to become who I need to become. And so, so thinking of it in that way is really helping not only me, but, but my entire family, you know, I don't think anyone in my family has ever asked, why did this happen? we have all pretty much from the beginning said, okay, this is the situation. Now what? And so instead of asking why we ask now what we can really take that and, and flip the whole, this sucks trial on its head and turn it into an experience and an opportunity to become better people. And, and it's great that you didn't get stuck blaming God, because that would have been the easy route. You know, why me? Why did this happen to me? God doesn't love me. He doesn't care. I must have done something wrong. And you can spiral in that. Like people do yeah. that. It's very normal to yeah. go that way of just God who, you know, and just, just blame him for what you're experiencing. But it sounds like he was your anchor. He was what kept you going. He's what inspired yeah. you to hang in there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I believe that when someone goes through something traumatic, like what I have, um, and again, trauma is person to person, just like hard is hard. It's person to person. So is trauma. And when someone goes through something traumatic, 
I feel like there's really two options. And that is one, to come closer to God, or two, to go away from God. And whichever one you choose is up to you. But the result of what you choose is going to determine what you do moving forward. Right now, that doesn't mean that if you choose one or the other, you won't live a fulfilling life. It just means that you have a different perspective and you have, you feel like you have a different purpose. Right. So for me, since I got hurt, I felt like I have come closer to God. And because of that, my, I feel like my purpose has become instead of when am I going to get my training in to stay in shape? It's become more of a, how can I positively impact those around me? And so it's, it's a very different perspective. And even though I was always religious and always believed in God, always, you know, went to church, things like that. The focus wasn't always on helping other people and improving my own life. It was being physically healthy and, living a fun and active life. And that was fun, but it wasn't super fulfilling. Now I get the opportunity to take that and say, I've been through something terrible, but because of it, I've learned so many different things about myself. Now, how can I take that and help bring out the best in others? What is your lemonade now? finding ways that I can help other people, notwithstanding my limitations. I can't, I can't help my neighbor move a piece of furniture to the basement. But what I can do is I can help him pull weeds or when he's having a bad day, I can go over and just be someone he can talk to. I can be someone that can just play game, like some, someone that can distract him from what's going on. Right. But I'm not going to be there to be the, the muscle that's going to move something instead of physical muscle. Maybe it's a spiritual or a, a psychological muscle that just light lightens their day. And that's, that's a big blessing for me. So I think that's my lemonade is being able to brighten other people's days instead of focusing on myself if there's a piece of advice it the thing that i would say is remember that you matter remember that you're loved not only by people around you but by god and remember that you can do it um th those things are are really important. And I feel like we often forget those types of things. They're so small, but they're so powerful. And if we can simply remember those things, then I think it gives us strength to continue pressing forward when we may feel like we have lost all strength. And you know how that feels, literally. <laughs> yes. And so this is great advice coming from you because we, we know that you've been there and that you've seen the other side and that you, it's only three years out. So this is still so new, still figuring things out and trying to navigate through life. 
and you're just so positive and you just see all the good. That's yeah. I mean, there's not really another way to live. Like if you want to live, you might as well be happy, right? You might as well try to try to make the most of it. And so, you know, I still enjoy being out on my bike and I, I've done a couple triathlons since my injuries, uh, just as a wheelchair athlete. And those were great experiences. And those types of things also help me see that, Hey, my body may be broken, but I can still accomplish things. And that's, that's another huge victory. Every little thing that we do that propels us forward is a victory. But if we sit back and do nothing, then we're slowly regressing. And I would much rather go through the struggle of trying to become better and seeing that I can do something than sit back and rot, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to be a rotten lemon, right? <laughs> no, not at all. You don't want to marinate in that lemon juice. You got to add your sugar and make it something you can share with other people. And that's what you're doing. Exactly. Great gift. I have to know you said that you do triathlons. So we're picturing, you know, the normal, like you said, it was the, the running and the swimming and the biking. So yep. how does that happen when you're paralyzed? What does that look like? So the swimming looks pretty much the same, except I can't use my legs to help kick. So I'm just swimming with my arms. So that's pretty much the same. Uh, on the bike, I have a recumbent bike that I lay down on. Uh, I lay on my back and then I pedal with my hands. So my hands act as if they were feet. Uh, and then for the run, I sit in a wheelchair that's designed for racing. And I would push it just like I would a normal daily use wheelchair. Uh, generally, there's some other stuff involved, but yeah. So a bike that I use has gears and chain, just like your bike does. And the chair that I use for the running would be as if I was putting on my running shoes and going for a run. I'm still propelling myself with my hands as if they were feet and moving forward that way. So though that's the difference between the two and, you know, I guess the difference between a normal triathlon and a wheelchair version of a triathlon. So and is it still the same amount of, of miles and time too? So in most of your like recreational type races, yes. So if I'm signing up for a local race, where a sprint distance is about a half a mile swim and then between like 10 and 15 miles on the bike and then about a 5k run. So I do the same distance as an able-bodied athlete. Thank you for clarifying that. I wasn't sure yeah. how it works. So, so what's in the future plans then? Is it more triathlons or what, what do you have planned for the future? So this, these past few months with, the new baby have been very chaotic as well. <laughs> and so I've taken a pretty good break from most of my training this, this year, just to focus on trying to figure out how am I going to be a dad with a wheelchair? And so this year has been kind of still with my training, very little training. 
but I do plan on doing more triathlon in the future. Uh, hopefully one day I'll do an, a full Ironman triathlon, which would be a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a 26.2 mile run, which is a full marathon. So that, that's the goal, uh, long-term don't know if or when I'll ever do that, but I'm going to keep working towards it. Uh, my wife and I are going to keep working on our family and, uh, hopefully we'll be able to have more kids and, you know, we're going to just keep moving forward, trying to help other people improve their lives as we try to improve ours. So. It sounds like you're doing that through sharing your story as well. And so I love your voice that you're using that as a way to encourage other people, whatever they might be going through. And you're trying to tell them I, you can do it. I did it. Yep. That's, that's really what it is. You know, I think we, we see ourselves and our trials and think, man, there's no way I could do it. Yeah. But then you look at someone else and you think, if they can do that, then I can do what I've got to do. And I, I think that too, it's like my, I feel like, yeah, my, my trials may be more visible than other people's. And so for me, I've either got to really know the person and get to know what they're going through or be able to physically see their trials. And sometimes I'll see people and be like, man, I'm glad I'm in a wheelchair and I don't have to deal with whatever I can physically see of what I believe might be the, that person's trials. And maybe it's not a trial for that person, but from my perspective, it would be a trial for me. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if they can go through what I envision, then I can go through what I know I've got to go through. So it's not just me and potentially inspiring other people, other people still inspire me to, to keep going and keep moving forward, whether it's other wheelchair people or people who are dealing with mental illness that I'm aware of, or people who are dealing with amputations or cancer or loss of jobs, you know, all of these things are struggles that people go through and it's like, okay, can't imagine what it would be like to lose your job because I've never lost a job. So when I see these people who have lost jobs, keep plugging through and keep applying for work and, and doing what they can to, to make ends meet until they get a, a stable job. That's inspiring to me. I think we can find inspiration from it from anywhere if we just choose to look for it. Absolutely. I totally agree. That's why I do what I'm doing. I want people to share their stories to inspire each other and whatever they're going through and something will resonate with someone and they don't have to be going through exactly what you're doing, but they can get that hope and inspiration from you. And that's a beautiful gift that you're giving to other people. So thank you. I appreciate you taking time to teach me and to share with me your light and your example of enduring something very traumatic and difficult and to come out this end with such a positive attitude. So it is possible. So thank it you. is, it is possible. Thank you. Uh, I've been, I've enjoyed this time. Yeah, me too. I always enjoy sharing my story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're still here. Well then enjoy this little outtake from that interview.
I think your story is intriguing to people, especially in social media, because it could happen to any of us. And you're just a normal guy, newlywed, active, healthy, and then it's all taken away. And so I think people can relate with like, oh my gosh, you know, that could happen to me. And yep. so I think it's something that is a gift that you can give to other people. Just explain, I'm just a normal active person. I didn't see this coming, but then you use it as a platform to be able to share instead of be negative and mad yeah. and cursing God. So it's great. Yep. I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons I feel like this is part of God's plan for me is two weeks before I was injured during the workday, I like to take some walks with my coworkers just to take a break from the day. And on one particular walk about two weeks before I got injured, my coworker just asks, you ever think about what you would do if you were in a wheelchair? And I said, yes, I do. I actually think about that kind of stuff. I told him, I'm like, I would just keep doing what I'm doing. I keep racing. I keep working. I just do everything that I could. And then little did I know that two weeks later, I would actually have to live that. Wow. Uh, and so I, I do think that God prepares us for what we go through. And that was one of the ways that he was preparing me was to consciously make me think about that kind of thing that close to the injury. Wow. Yep. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>